It is another Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. On today's episode, we will be discussing both game ones of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We're going to talk about the players who took to Instagram and what that means for the Panthers front office and players. And then we're going to discuss Anton Lindell ready to become the three C. The two C, excuse me, for the heading in the 2022-2023 season. We discuss that more all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Friday, June 3rd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire. And Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. So we're at that point in the postseason now where the both conference finals have had at least one game done. And it's been it's been fun to watch. And like I said to Kyle Sullivan of Lockbox Avalanche, it's kind of great when your team's not playing in the aspect of that you're not stressed out and watching these goals go left and right. I mean, in game one, if that was a Panthers game, I would, my heart probably would have came out of my chest, <laughs> like not going to lie. Uh, but of course we want, we want the team that we cheer for to advance far into the postseason, And, you know, it's, uh, and, and there's a lot of conversations worth having when it comes to what, this team needs to to do in order to officially become Stanley Cup champions. And on Monday's episode, on Monday's edition of the show, unless there's some breaking news that happened for the Panthers, I put out a poll on Twitter asking, what is the championship window for the Panthers? Is it one to two years? Is it two to three? Or is it three to four? I want everyone... uh, if you're able to, to go on there and answer the question. And we'll be discussing that on Monday's edition of the show. And we'll be discussing more about that, but it is a Fairbanks Friday. L- let me not take too much attention away from Nick on the show. Let, let me welcome him in and bring him in on the show. So Nick, uh, you, you got a little bit of a different vibe there going just like, as you, you talked about last week. So welcome back to the show. Thank you, and uh, it's great to be back. And uh, I'm trying to bring back the Indiana Jones uh, slash uh, Daniel Plainview look. If you've seen There Will Be Blood, um, I just like the Vidora look. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, I have to say, ever since we last talked, I had to uh, shave three times, which is unusual. Um, usually, uh, you know, with hockey, I, I kind of let it go a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's a little change. It's getting warmer down here. But, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, this episode and seeing uh, what we can get into with Mr. Lundell. Yeah, now we will save that for the third and final segment of the show. And for me, uh, yeah, the the mustache for me was always very uncomfortable for me. So growing that out during the playoffs, 
So just thinking, oh, this is so annoying. But hey, they, they have a filter for that now, so you're good. <laughs> yeah, for for real. But uh, as far as the as far as the conference finals and as far as the 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 rest of the postseason going going on, I mean, game one was just bananas for the Western Conference final, and the the thing that's talked about most throughout the NHL world is that offside that wasn't for Kale McCarr. Um, and I, I gotta say though, I, I, I do think that it was offside. However, we got to give a little credit to Kale McCarr and his skating ability. The fact that he was able to manipulate and fool the referee, let the puck loose a little bit to, to draw the, not for it to, be not possessed for him go- entering the zone and and making that into a goal into a goal so it, it there's there's two there's two ways i see it i see it as it's a blown call but i also see it as kale mccarr you're just extremely uh, an extremely gifted hockey player what says you uh, of that play well uh i think you have to be good to make things look like that and you have to be good to be lucky so um hats off to mccarr for doing whatever he did to make it look like he lost the handle and then got it right back. But um, no, I, I think that if this was even during the regular season that they would have called it offsides. I mean, I, I've seen Tiki Tech plays where the puck just crosses the line and nobody really has clear possession, but it was hit by the offensive team. And yet there's somebody on side or offsides and yet they blow it. So it, to me, it's like, Ooh, that, that's really got to hurt for the Oilers. And, you know, going to, you know, through the game progression, if they would have called that goal off, we may have been talking about, you know, an Oilers 1-0 lead in the series because they probably would have gone into overtime possibly. So um, you have to expect that the Oilers are going to come out uh, even better uh, this game. And maybe they're not going to put up eight or nine goals. <laughs> uh, hopefully it'll be a more standard, maybe three or four goal game. And um, we'll see what happens because they, they still have their starting goaltender where Colorado does not. Yeah. Um, l- like you said, uh, Darcy Kemper would not be playing. It'll be Pavel Frenzo. Uh, um, the owner who's, uh, like I said yesterday, he's a little bit of a late bloomer entering the the NHL in his late twenties, and here getting his shot and a good a good season for 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 a backup goaltender, a, a pretty decent season. And the person who was uh, offside offside that wasn't it was uh, Nachuskin. I was looking up the number the number of the player that 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 was offside, but yeah, not not a call. And then but then some of the plays that that we saw in that and the skating ability of Colorado, like Nathan McKinnon putting Darnell nurse on skates multiple times and, and the speed factor. And it just, I, I also asked myself, where was that for the Panthers? Where was that with Barkoff and Huberto showing that kind of explosiveness? Because I Barkoff is a, is a gifted skater as well. Just like, just like McKinnon we didn't really see any of that for, for the Panthers. And I'm seeing that. And now let's, transition over to the Eastern Conference final where game one the New York Rangers um, defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning by a final score of six to two uh, a funny tweet by uh, da- at David 954 FLA said that ah, the Tampa yes. Bay Lightning need to be six six to their stomach so that was a that was a pretty funny comment that uh, David uh, had there but Nick the New York Rangers doubled the amount of goals in than the Panthers did in four. It, it may it kind of makes that loss and that sweep to Tampa Bay look a lot worse, wouldn't you think? Definitely, but 
you have a goaltender in Andre Vasilevsky that I think got into a groove, um, you know, coming out of Toronto and then going into Florida. And then he had some time off. Um, you know, you really can't, That's you know, you really can't, I guess, compare one game to a series per se. I mean, for who, who knows, as good as he is, Vasilevsky could actually just shut out the Rangers for the next four games straight. And I wouldn't bat an eye thinking that that wasn't possible. But I, I think it, it has more to do with, and I think you and I spoke about this, or at least mentioned a comment about it. Like, is it due with coaching or is it the players that really came out wanting to do something? And you said something to the fact of, you know, it might be more coaching than the players, which then kind of, you know, kind of shifts the, uh, the conversation to, well, there's still kind of an interim tag next to Andrew Burnett's name. And there's a coach over there named Gerard Gallant, who the Panthers used to employ and unfortunately had to call a cab for. Uh, we're still living that down because uh, the media will still, you know, bring it up from time to time. <laughs> uh, and they did it uh, against the Canes uh, series. But you have to wonder um, if, if Florida had a, I'm not calling Burnett not a competent coach, but somebody who had experience in that type of level of game, if the series would have gone a little bit differently or the changes that needed to be made would have made sooner, or at least the type of play would have been different. Um, so that's, that's the thing that I wanted to point out, but hats off to Gerard. I'm very happy he's found success in another place as well, but um, it looks like it's going to be a good series over there. And uh, it's going to go longer than a lot of people think. Mm -hmm. And uh the the Igor the Igor's better chants were just hilarious. Like yeah, that, New York fans are ruthless. Uh, of course, we, we we it's no secret uh, when when it comes to that. But the Igor's better chants were just great. And of course, you have to you have to come out with a little bit of a statement. That's a confidence boost. I mean, you also think about that the Rangers were just two days before that playing a game seven. So that so. They're, they're in the groove of playing a, a game while the Tampa Bay Lightning had eight days off, nine days off. So, like you said, uh, and right before that for the Tampa Bay Lightning, they went to a game seven with Toronto. So they 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 had that quick turnaround. So that makes a big difference. But like you said, I wouldn't bat an eye if the very next game, now that the Tampa Bay Lightning have a game under their belt mm -hmm. in this series, it could be a very dangerous, uh, it could be a very dangerous uh, series uh, for the New York Rangers. And I, just going into game one and I'm just I'm just seeing this from a Panthers perspective wanting not wanting the Tampa Bay Lightning to advance I say it like this I'm like New York you gotta win both games at home win both games at home and I'm just thinking about it please because if if Tampa Bay wins one I think New York's in trouble definitely and you know to get back to your point you know that Igor is better you know, Vasilevsky does, you know, he's a very quiet guy, but he does take things and use it as billboard material. Yes. And I'm per I'm pretty sure he took a couple things from the Panthers uh, this season when they lit him up <laughs> um, that he took it personally and he made a statement and he did it in the, in the you know playoffs, obviously. But now you have the chance in New York. I have to think that he's going to come out and he's going to put on a spectacular performance. But um, as you were stating that, uh, if Tampa Bay gets a game in New York, they, they basically did their job. If they get one on the road, then they did their job, and then they can come in uh, at home and take care of business when they feel more comfortable. Uh, they know that they uh, have the best uh, you know, defense, in my opinion, 
uh, in the playoffs left and that they can play their game. Um, you know, it's never easy to play on the road, but if they can at least get that one and split it, then I think that it favors them heavily going forward. I'd be very nervous if, if they won if they won game two, that's for sure. <laughs> but you mentioned uh, you mentioned Andrew Burnett. You talked about coaching in this series. So we're going to actually relate that in what we're going to talk about in the next segment of the show where the, the Florida, some a handful of Florida Panthers players took to social media to thank fans a week after they got eliminated. Let's discuss about what that could possibly mean in the next segment. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline, and BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, Stanley Cup playoffs, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. And before we get to our second segment, we have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about the listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everybody that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com. So, Nick, we had a little bit of a discussion in the, in the chat about multiple players uh starting to take to social media and i found that the timing of it that it was within a 24-hour block where multiple players were starting to thank fans um i i, I actually wrote the i actually wrote the list down uh i actually wrote the list down i think i saw duke gus forsling mm-hmm. ryan lomberg and someone else I, I i don't know the fourth one Uber on and uh, yes, Huberto on the top of my head. Yep, Huberto. So we saw all of them, all of them take to take to Instagram, uh, uh, like over a week after the fact that they got eliminated, and that kind of tells me that the Florida Panthers management is kind of done speaking with every individual player post postseason. They mm-hmm. they are ready to go off into the summer. And Jameson Olive and um, Doug Plagan spoke about it on Territory Talk about also, which is good for us Panther fans to hear that a good portion of is staying in the area to train uh, during the summer. So that's some good news. Very few players are gonna are gonna are gonna travel out out of town for for their offseason training. But that also tells, but again, going back to the post, that tells me they're. I think they're finished with most of their their inter, um, interviews, and mm-hmm. that also tells me that we might be one step closer to a decision on Bruno whether to remove the interim tag or not. Because w- when we talk about it with uh, the perspective of Vegas, thirteen days after the season ended, that they made a decision on Pete DeBoer. Marty St. Louis, uh, it wasn't announced until yesterday, even though we kind of knew that he was going to stay. But this, Uh for the Panthers, is still up in the air. And I think about it as the Panthers 
which is with it. The Panthers are doing their due diligence and they're talking to each and every individual player to see what is the fit. What did you like that Andrew Burnett did? What did you not like that Andrew Burnett did? Do you relate to him well? Is there is there is there a situation where X you didn't like where X did this, the way he spoke to you, yada, yada, yada. And I think this is a good thing that they're doing their due diligence with it regardless of whether they not. Yeah, and I, I think the longer this plays out, I think the longer, I mean, the, the more evident it's going to become that they're looking elsewhere because I think the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. need to do their due diligence with this group. Players may love to play for Bruno. I mean, some players said that they love to play for, you know, <laughs> uh, what what's his name, Bogner. Mm-hmm. And some players and a lot of players said they love playing for Gallant and everything. And I know there was a huge backlash with that, but ultimately a coach needs to hold his players accountable. And yes. I don't know if a lot of that happened when Bruno took over, Bruno came in to make sure that the ship wasn't going to get rocked. Now, did he bench some people or scratch some people in the playoffs? Yeah, he did. But I think it was a little bit too late for that. Um, especially when uh, you're trying to win a series uh, you needed to send that message way in the season saying, hey, listen, this is not uh, how you play or this is not how we're going to win. You need to play this way or you need to get better. So I think with this group, going back to also your question or your, you know, what you're asking everybody is, you know, what's the window for the Florida Panthers? If they go back to Bruno, maybe their windows may be a year. Mm-hmm. If they bring in somebody else, like maybe a Barry Trotz or another well-established coach that has a track record, I'm willing to say that their windows may be more three or four years because at least in my opinion, those coaches can, they already have the resources there. They can make players better. Um, I can't say that about Bruno because I think he got keys to a Lamborghini and basically was able to uh, steer it in a way, but then forgot to stop at the gas station and ran out of gas in the playoffs. Now a tenured coach, like, you know, again, a trots or, I will throw this name back in there because I personally, I don't think he's out of it and he'll ask, he'll have to ask for forgiveness, but Quinville, uh, if, if he is allowed back and he is offered the Panthers job again, I think that is something that um, will resonate in the room again, and he will hold people accountable and he will get the most out of the players when it's needed and he'll know when to refuel. Mm. Like I said with Jacob last week, uh, I don't know if the Panthers want that smoke in relation to uh, Quenville coming back. Uh, as far as, mm-hmm. as as coaching and, you know, it this is a results-based league for, for, for the NHL. And they the Bill Zito's got to ask him himself because Andrew Burnett did say publicly that I didn't make the adjustments necessary. Bill Zito also has to ask himself, can I be patient enough with this coach to wait for him to make the necessary adjustments? Mm-hmm. It's a gamble, regardless of what you do. So it's it's something that Bill Zito um, is. De- I, I I'm very very sure that that's something that Bill, that Zito is is asking himself, and it, it's it, it's just something that I've been thinking about. It's like, man, is it is it going to be removed? Is it is it not going to be? But I, I, I trust Bill Zito that regardless of which way he goes, I still think I still think that he ends up actually getting one more year. I still think that, but if Zito, if Zito ends up ends up going the other direction, I have no reason to doubt him. 
you bring up a terrific point and you know at least Burnett was honest and upfront and transparent about what he said that he didn't make the adjustments this is why I say that Florida if they want to have their window open longer that they need a coach that has tenure and knows when to make the changes and make the adjustments because this team right now they can't afford to waste another year Barkoff and Uberdo have been here I know Barkoff's you know signed Uberdo isn't and then on top of that, you have to start thinking about other core players and all these complimentary pieces that you've signed for at least three or four years. You're going to waste another year trying to, you know, go with this coach to make adjustments and everything. I don't think it bodes well. This team is built to win now, and you have to do it in the next three or, you know, two, three or four years before everybody starts getting older and you start needing to move other pieces around. Mm. And luckily, luck, and we saw what, what happens when, you're tied up in big contracts and then you're trying to rebuild after. I mean, one team, one team out West is the San Jose Sharks who have a lot of pretty bad contracts on the, on their, on their, on their team. And they're trying to, and they're just trying to get out of the, of the, of the cell of the seller. So they're trying mm-hmm. to get out and, you know, we hope that the Florida Panthers are not in that situation where, because I mean, I'll reiterate this late next week of, of how, trade deadlines especially can make the seller selling teams manipulate the buyers to buy more because of where the cap is and and from there and you know it gives an opportunity for the team selling to make a huge jump and it also gives an opportunity for the for some buyers to fall off a cliff too as well so that's a yep. that's a that's a very it's a it's a possibility that's out there we don't know which teams there it's going to be right now we don't know that at this point in time but it, it's 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 the possibility is out there for 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 this team for it to happen yeah considering they don't have any first round picks for the next couple of years so you're going to have to either hit on a couple of draft picks uh you know in the later rounds you know like the good teams do and they always find talent that way or you're really going to have to start squeezing uh every little ounce that you can out of the players that you have on the roster right now. So um, tough place to be right now, but you, you can't fault Zito for going all in to try to put this team over the top and win now. So um, honestly, it's probably the first time that the Florida Panthers have been able in a position to do that. And I, I really have no regrets. It's just, this is the price we got to pay now. Yep. I, 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 I back Zito Claude Drew trade because, you know, of course, we can see hindsight. Twenty is twenty twenty. Them being eliminated at the time, we're we're we at the time at the time we're not going to say, "Oh no, what are what are we what are we thinking?" We're gonna we're gonna see this taken around. No, 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 no. We go back to that, and and you probably do that over again as far as the Claude Drew trade. Mm-hmm. Ben Schrott, maybe you do it a little differently, but the the Claude Drew one, I'll I'll definitely have Zito's back on on making a, a a trade for a big impact player that definitely makes makes a chance maker for for this team and listen there's still a chance to bring him back it's not a 0% chance for this team very unlikely yep. but there's still a very very uh it, there's there's a chance there but speaking of centers speaking of wingers uh since we just mentioned uh Claude Giroux, we're going to talk about a specific center a young center uh, on this Florida Panthers team, one that it, Nick is a big fan of. Uh, uh, the, if you could see this episode, Tyler Lundell, we're going to talk about him in the next segment where we're going to ask the question, 
Is Anton Lundell ready to become the 2C for the Florida Panthers? We'll discuss that next on this Fair Ranks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. I'm Ramondo Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. So we, at this time last year, I mean, late May for, for when you came on after game six, you, that, that, that clip, that very, very iconic clip of you <laughs> talking about Mr. Lundell, you can come on down. And I was signaling 3C at, at the time mm-hmm. on, when this was before this podcast was even on YouTube uh, at the time. And just thinking about the, knowing at the time that he was going to be the guy there as far as that bottom six. I mean, he's going to be 21. He's going to be 21 uh, later this year or sometime next year. I don't know when his birthday is, but he's he's 20 years old is what is what we know. But for the, the, the steps that he took this year, of course, he battled a little bit of injury this year and be, when we ask the question, is he ready to take the 2C for the Panthers? That means that one person might have, have to, you know, position anymore. And who was the 2C mm-hmm. this past year? Sam Bennett. Sam so, Bennett. Yeah. And and listen, I love Sam Bennett. I, I thought it was it's still a great trade for what they made with Calgary. You know, two twos. Two twos. <laughs> would, would you give another one, Nick, for Sam Bennett? Yes. Okay, okay, just just making sure. <laughs> but um, Sam Bennett, uh, in the first part of the season, he uh, mi- missed a little little bit of time, uh, but still 25, 25 uh, points in in thirty one games in the first half of the season. 17, 17 goals, eight assists. In the later part, uh, latter part, excuse me, of the season, eleven goals, thirteen assists. The goal, the production dropped a little bit, but he was still very well into the top six. Uh, top six as far as points for the Panthers. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, though, even strength, though, goals per 60 minutes, Anton Lundell is higher for than Sam Bennett. But the average time on ice, even strength, is only one minute less for Anton uh-huh. Lundell versus Sam Bennett. And average PK time, we see Anton Lundell playing valuable minutes on the PK as well. Uh, Sam Bennett, uh, according to hockey reference, his average uh, time on ice shorthanded, I, I, I believe I saw was 46 uh, uh, yes. second, seconds on. Yep, 46 seconds. So as far as like versatility uh, for Anton Lundell, of course, that's where Anton Lundell has an advantage as far as, as that part of his game versus Sam Bennett. And I, I know Sam Bennett's a little older and he has – Three years left on his contract. The cap hit is very friendly, pun intended there, by the way. $4.4 <laughs> million dollars for, for three more years. And I got to ask you, Nick, um, we could we could very well much disagree here. But I'm, I want to ask you first before I answer, uh, do you think Anton Lundell is ready to become the 2C next season? If you're looking everything based on numbers, of course, he can take it. Now, it, it really comes down to chemistry and if he can take on that extra added responsibility during the season. Um, we saw him kind of disappear in the playoffs, um, but I, I want to say that I think probably in midseason, if 
he's shown that he can take on that responsibility. Yes, he can. Um, I think right now, just with the way that the lines are set up, I think he's perfect on the third line uh, with his uh, with Marchment and also um, Reinhardt. You know, we may not have Marchment in the next season, but I, I think right now you have to balance out all the lines to make everybody effective. Um, but everybody's calling him Baby Barkoff. The jump that Barkoff made from his first to his second season was actually pretty astounding. I don't know if Lundell's going to have that extra step. And it's not that I don't think he can do it. You know, I'm the, you know, fan club number one fan or whatever over here, but I want to be cautious and I want to think that, you know, he may take a little bit of a dip into his second season, have that somewhat sophomore slump and then come out of it at the end of the season much better and maybe not rush him into too much responsibility. Now, I mean, they do have uh, Bennett there that actually works really well with Uberto. I just think they need to find a consistent winger, whether that's Duclair um, or Brigham Hagee is never going to leave the first line as far as I'm concerned. Um, and then, you know, you just got to find that sixth wing, you know, the sixth or the sixth um, person in your top six uh, in order to play with them. So what I'd love for him to start the second, you know, on the second line center for start the season. Yeah, uh, definitely. But is it going to be better for the team that I don't know? I, I, I don't think uh, they're quite there yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. Let's look at what the the um, what Barkov did in his first uh, three seasons. I'm going to do a little bit of a screen share uh, for for everybody. Uh, the the jump for Barkov, you were just one year off there, uh, Nick. The 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 uh, the jump for Barkov as far as point production went into his third season. And guess which year that happened to be when Barkov took that jump. It happened to be the year where Yarmir Yager mixed. For, mm. for the Panthers, look how important that season was for someone like Barkov and Huberdo. I mean, we speak, we we talk about it, and the the numbers definitely uh, back that up for for the Panthers. But we also got to consider this. We all, we also got to consider that injuries do happen in the middle of the season as well. And if they were to ship out Bennett and put Anton Lindell right there right away, and you think about the the cap hit for Bennett once again it's it's a pretty good deal for the Panthers of what they got mm-hmm. there so i don't think that Bennett is going to be on the Panthers when they when we get towards the end of that contract but i still think that he's around next year for for the cats and manning that manning that second line at least for now still still being a little behind but if you were to put L there and an injury happens, and Sam Bennett that happens to not be on the team. You have to mix so many things. I, and I know that so many players can play wing and as well center. I mean, Sam Reinhardt can do it as, as well. Mm-hmm. So that, but then you're putting different different uh, people in different places. Uh, and of course, th- we're expecting to see some uh, some of the people down in Charlotte make possibly make their uh, their place into the lineup. Uh, next year, we're we're hopefully we're hopefully expecting players like Cole Schwitt to be in the mix, Grigory mm-hmm. Denisenko to to finally have a full time spot um, on on this team as as well. So that's that's one thing that we're hoping for 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 the forward li- forward lines. And may, may, maybe it'll be too much of mixing and matching, and it could overwhelm someone like Anton Lindell. Does does that mean that he's um does it does that mean that he could possibly thrive? Absolutely, he could he mm-hmm. could. He very well could. He's he's played on different levels. He's played World Junior. He plays World Championships. He even 
even in a pre even in a training camp injury that season many players were being sent down and still he was mm-hmm. never sent he was never sent down and he would the the question was is he going to be on the lineup is he not and the longer he was there the more we were uh, to believe that he was going to stay and then the moment the first thing we we hear about what his main role is going to be penalty killing it starts on the defensive end that's what mm-hmm. that's what we we talk about when we talk about young prospects i mean we're seeing that with someone in new york alexi lafreniere like it's he he might not be producing on the lafreniere might not be producing on the um too much on the on the score sheet offensively mm-hmm. but we're seeing how great def- defensively lafreniere um has been playing throughout these as well so i i think we we know he's going to be there defensively is it, it imagine i I, I, I'm sure that his production is gonna would take a jump playing on the same line as Huberto and Duclair and possibly mm-hmm. Reinhardt and if they bring back Giroux as well. I'm sure it's gonna be there. But as far as like you said, balance, it's gonna take a little. It's gonna. It's you're like you like you said. The championship window is now for the Panthers. Spread the. It, it's okay to still continue to try to spread the wealth throughout the lineup. I'm so glad that you brought up Lundell possibly playing with Uberto, Giroux, or even Duke. One thing that you could really say about Lundell's game outside of him being a defensive, you know, master like Parkoff is, is the fact that he has more of the offensive, you know, mindset. I mean, he'll take shots. He'll set up plays. Um, I mean, I, I honestly think that him going down low actually would help Huberto because Let's let's be honest. Huberto doesn't go down low. He he doesn't like the board battles too much. He he doesn't really get dirty. Lundell does. I think that would help. Uh, Bennett does, but for some reason, I don't think he wins a lot of board battles. Um, you know, he did earlier in the season, but as time went on and everything like that, and going in the playoffs, he just wasn't noticeable. Um, and then you either have Giroux or Duke. Uh, you have basically snipers or another playmaker that I think would benefit greatly from a center who can play with the puck down low get them the puck and, you know, just put it on net and then maybe somebody pick up a driver's goal. So um, if, if Lundell does get the opportunity to play on the second line, I, I would definitely love to see it. I will say this, let him play the second line center against Detroit. I would love to see him because <laughs> he, he owned, he owned Detroit last season and he owned both rookies that were mm-hmm. in the running for rookie of the year. I mean, we, we already know who's going to win it, but just to see that he was putting up points and scoring goals and playing, you know, both ends of the ice against both of them. It was just a treat to see. Mm. And let's not forget that he missed the first matchup against Detroit uh, this season as well. He played the, mm-hmm. the other, the other three and uh, yeah, he, he definitely uh, it, it like, like we say, if, if he played that full season, he definitely uh, would have uh, been in the conversation. It's, it's not, listen, this is about development for 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 a young kid. He's twenty years twenty years old. Eventually, eventually, he's going to make his 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 way there. But and I would like I would like to see one or one or one or two games in a span of a few weeks to see him there, even to just give it a try. Because make you're gonna make your line changes and adjustments in the middle of the season. I mean, for crying out loud, we saw Ryan Lomberg on the second on the second line. For a little bit this season, and we we called him Lombardo. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> that was that was fun during that time. Uh, during that time of time, so we 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 will we will see we will see Lundell 
in an increased role next season. And it's going to eventually take him that once that third season hits, I think that the third season of him being on the team, I think that's when he's going to be the two C for the Panthers. Yeah. And I think following next season, I think he will cement being two C, but you know, we got to think about what's best for the team right now. And uh, if with their window, like we said, maybe a third line is still good for him, but that doesn't mean that he can't learn on the job, pick yeah. up valuable, um, you know, experience, and then maybe play more in the playoffs than he did. Um, you know, I, I, like, I, you know, we talked about this on a previous show. Um, you know, I, I don't blame Bruno for sitting him during the playoffs and everything. It just didn't seem like he was being a huge factor uh, out there. And, you know, just, it, it seemed like the season really got to him. So uh, we'll see what he comes out with uh, here in the second season. I can't wait to see it. And uh, who knows? I mean, you know, we might have more fans on the Lundell train uh, or the fan club here soon. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, oh. <laughs> if, 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 if what we saw, if, if there's any jump for what we saw him in year one, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna definitely, we're gonna definitely have some fun and definitely many more conversations about Anton Lindell uh, next season for the Florida Panthers. I mean, and he's one of the four or five untouchables on, on the roster. That's the, that's the one, those are what he's one of those that it's just like, you're keeping him around. Don't, don't (laughs) keep, keep this guy. He's a, he's a special, he's a special one. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the but, Panthers have always wanted a one and two C and everything, and th- this is your chance to have that for a very, very long time. And all the great teams or the dynasties that you want to talk about have always had that. So I think Florida's set up for success in the future. No doubt, and and it's gonna it's gonna be a, it's gonna be fun for for both Barkov and Lindell. The for Barkov and Baby Barkov, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> Nick, I, I want to thank you once again for joining uh, on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. Uh, we're going to be pumping more of these off-season talks as we continue on in the summer. The the Stanley Cup playoffs might be going on. The Florida Panthers season might be over. But we are keeping that same energy alive here on Locked On Panthers because this is a team worth watching. And this is a team worth talking about in a market like South Florida. They got their play, playoff win off their back. But we're still going to be continuing talking about this team on Locked On Panthers all throughout the off-season. So, Nick, tell everybody where they, they can follow you online. As always, guys, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero, and then also follow work on. Uh, man, man, I, it's been a while. <laughs> um, I haven't written an article in a while, actually. So, um, PantherParkway.com um, should hopefully have something coming out this summer. But um, I, I think right now uh, this podcast is doing just just fine. <laughs> Definitely. And, and you never know when he could surprise you with one of those. So, uh, Nick, uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, see you next Friday. See you then, Armando. Like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Hockey and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire. Clark will be covering all the activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team 
every day.